This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 480 million acres of farmland. Good Tuesday afternoon, I'm Spencer Chase. The Environmental Protection Agency has until the end of the week to make good on an agreement to finalize renewable fuel blending targets. The agency and Biofuel Trade Association Growth Energy have entered into a consent decree that set Friday, June 3rd as the deadline for the 2021 and 2022 renewable volume obligations. Biofuels Senate stalwart Chuck Grassley says he hasn't been informed of any exact timeline on when this week the announcement can be expected, but says his expectations are simple. It would be what EPA director said to me, one of the last two phone calls we had, that the future of biofuels was great and that we wouldn't find these uh, uh, uncertainties that we found in the Trump and the Obama administration. Now, we've even since he's told me that, we've had some things that have brought some uncertainty. But uh, you ask me what I expect, that's what I want, and that's what we ought to have, and there's no reason for not having it. Biofuel groups are also calling on the agency to walk back its plans to retroactively cut the 2020 RVO. EPA's figures are currently under interagency review at the White House Office of Management and Budget. Another item under OMB review is some industry guidance on the use of dairy terms on plant-based alternatives. The issue has been top of mind for the National Milk Producers Federation for years. And its president and CEO Jim Mulhern says the Food and Drug Administration has lapsed in its enforcement of the law. This is something where FDA doing its job, providing clear information in the marketplace to consumers would help everybody. All we're asking for is clarity in this. And again, these products have every right to be in the marketplace, not questioning that at all. We are questioning their marketing process, their marketing uh, activities that trade on dairy names when they're not dairy products and they don't contain the same nutrition as milk and dairy products. You can hear more from Mulhern, including his thoughts on trade and farm bill policy in this week's open mic on agripulse.com. Finally today, an animal disease outbreak is starting to show up in food prices. Agripulse's Amy Mayer has more. This year's outbreak of highly pathogenic avian influenza is showing a pattern similar to the one in 2015. That year, the deadliest U.S. animal disease outbreak ever tapered as summer began. And Californians were already facing higher-than-average prices thanks to different cage requirements. Cal Poly San Luis Obispo ag economist Lynn Hamilton says it's given her a sense of deja vu. So we saw exactly the same thing seven years ago. And, um, yeah, it was just this, this this crazy um, convergence between policy and then, you know, this supply shock with the um, bird diseases. California gets most of its cage-free eggs from other states, including where outbreaks were big. Hamilton says producers can blunt the consumer impact nationwide. Producers are making what adjustments they can to maintain the egg supply. There are more eggs in hatcheries to hatch more egg-laying chickens. So that those numbers are up and 
producers are holding onto their egg-laying flocks longer. The mid-Atlantic broiler market got hit with bird flu, but many southern states avoided outbreaks. University of Arkansas ag economist Jada Thompson says that's helped prevent a big spike in consumer chicken prices. I'm not saying that they aren't having any impact, but it's not so substantial now that that, that we're going to see these, these huge fluctuations. USDA is predicting egg prices overall will be up about 20 percent this year. Chicken prices may only increase 9 percent. The first infected barns are starting to repopulate now. Amy Mayer, AgriPulse. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net providing individualized protection on more than 480 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.